Thanks for listening to the Cascade Vineyard Church Podcast. To learn more about our community or the vineyard movement as a whole, feel free to visit our website, cascadevineyard.org. There you'll also find additional teachings, information on our various ministries, and other resources for further developing your faith. We'd love to have you join us for worship. Enjoy this message. called the 12 together and then he sends them out and uh, next slide he sends them out with power and authority um, this is significant the two things power and authority are two different dynamics that work together and I want us to take a moment to really uh, look closely at that first word is power and if you go to the next slide the Greek is dunamis and that may sound a little familiar too we get the word dynamite from the same root, uh, it's it's a it's a big bang. It's an explosion. It's a lot of a lot of power in one place at one time. Jesus gave them power. Now we know this. We've all observed power in any form, whether it's uh, you know this kind of power, political power, any power. It can be good or bad. It, power can be constructive or destructive. It can do good things or it can do bad things. So. Power needs to be controlled and contained in a certain way to be constructive. And so that's why he also gave them, exousia, the next slide, authority. They have power and authority. Authority is moral authority. It's the authorization to act. It's the ability to wisely use the power God has given us in the right way, to channel it correctly in the name of Jesus and you know, with him and in him and through him and represent him well, uh, not just to walk in power. Sadly, from time to time in my experience, I've been uh, in ministry for, I don't know, 38 years, I think. I've seen people who have um, been given power in the spirit and then have uh, stepped out in that power and misappropriated it, used it, uh, in in negative ways and caused incredible harm. I think we've probably all heard stories of that, and it's a tragic thing. I'm I'm encouraged when I read the scripture that Jesus gave them power and authority, and to look into these words and to understand that authority really is the the right to act. It's an it, it's a wise administration of power, and I and I believe with all my heart that the power of God can be channeled appropriately to bring life and to bring freedom and to bring bring deliverance and to bring healing and to lift people up to a better place with God and not to blow things up. You know, some of you, it's, it's, it's fun to blow stuff up, right? Uh, you know, it's just, you just, I, everybody likes watching stuff blow up. But at the end of the day, it's not really productive. <laughs> uh, so we don't want to just blow things up. We want to do it right. We want to do it with power and authority. That's how Jesus said them out. Uh, I think this is also significant because, as we said, up until now, Jesus had done all the ministry. Now, the disciples are doing the ministry, and so he's, in effect, he's replicating his spiritual DNA. He's sort of spiritually cloning himself and passing it on into other people, and that's how it works. That's how we do this thing. Uh, We just bring someone along and introduce them to who God is and what he's doing, and then we help them step out in that as well. 
But it's also important for this reason because the, the church is supposed to look like Jesus. We're supposed to do the things Jesus did. We're, we're, you know, the thing that's reproduced is the gospel and the kingdom of God in the lives of people around us. It's not uh, just to be powerful. It's, it's to serve others. It, it's to heal the sick, to feed the hungry, to care for those that are in need. A, a, a couple of weeks ago, we did a car wash. And it's a free car wash. And my favorite thing about it is this, that people see a sign that says free car wash, and their assumption is that there are actually donations being taken for some cause. And it's free in that you don't have to make a donation, but we would like you to. Our car wash differs in that we don't take donations. People try to give it, hey, who can I write a check? No, you can't write a check. We don't, it's, it's, we just want to serve you. And on one level, it's a silly little thing. I mean, it's a car wash. It's not a big deal. I don't know. I like getting my car washed, but on another level altogether, it's kingdom activity. It's an illustration of the fact that, you know what? Uh, The goodness of God is free. The grace of God is free. You can't write a check for it. It's for you right now, right here today. Next little phrase I want to look at is this one. Take nothing for the journey. (laughs) No staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. As I said earlier, I travel a little bit now and then, and I like to take stuff with me. Um, Anybody ever been, uh, go somewhere, and your bag gets lost, so you get to where you're going? Nobody, I'm the only one. Yeah, it happens. So you're where you're supposed to be, and you got no underwear. It's tragic. It's a horrible thing. Um, I was in Houston. I'm always in Houston. That's God's sort of, you know, funny little joke with me. Wherever I go, how do you get there? You got to go through Houston. I got stuck there. So I had to go in the little hotel store and buy a Lone Star t-shirt. That was my option. So... (laughs) Next couple of days, I'm flying to Portland with my Lone Star t-shirt on. I I don't know. I guess it's okay. I was kind of embarrassed. Um, (laughs) That's the difference between the church in Israel and the the Old Testament. See, here's the point. (laughs) I got off track thinking about my t-shirt. Why does Jesus tell them to take nothing with them? It doesn't seem right. You know, I mean... In the Old Testament, Israel is uh, waiting to enter in or or progressing towards slowly entering into the promised land, and God provides for them. He provides manna for them to eat. But here's the thing. He only provided them enough for today. If they tried to collect some up to save for tomorrow, it would get all gross and yucky, and it didn't work. Only for today. And God's point is this, trust me today, and then you're going to have to trust me again tomorrow. And I think that's what he's saying here, trust me every day. You go do the things I've called you to do, and I'll take care of you. I would say, what does that mean for us? Don't be bound by our resources. 
we may look at what we have and think, gosh, I don't know. This doesn't seem like much. And yet God says, I'm your resource. I'll provide and I'll make a way for you to do the things. If I've called you to do it, I'll give you the way to do it. Um, I, I'm, I'm always amazed. I'm in awe of our food pantry. How many folks come through there every week? How much food? We move over a ton of food through that little garage every Thursday. It's a lot of food. I, I know it's a lot because I loaded and unloaded. Uh, and it amazes me because we don't really have the resource to do that. And God told us to do it, and so we do it, and he provides for it. It's a life principle, really, in everything we do to trust God and know that he'll, if he sends us to do something, we do it and he'll provide for it. It's super important in ministry, in any capacity of ministry, because we can never rely on what God did last week. You know, I love it when someone gets healed, but next week if I pray for someone else, I can't rely on that fact that that person got healed last week. I I have a, a new person in front of me today, and I have to pray for that person today. Every time we step out in faith, it's... It's got to be new that day. Fresh bread. New move of the Spirit. We have to say, come Holy Spirit every time. We can't say, oh, the Spirit was here last week, so we're, we're confident he'll be here today. We may have a little higher level of confidence, but the reality is it's a, fresh, it's a fresh day, it's a new start, and everything has to begin again. We need his kingdom to come and his will to be done every time. Every time. Another dynamic here, in just... Contrasting Israel to the church, Old Testament to New Testament, is this. In the Old Testament, it was one nation. In the New Testament, it's all nations. In the Old Testament, it was one ethnicity. In the New Testament, it's all ethnicities. In the Old Testament, it was one culture. In the New Testament, it's all cultures. It was one land. Now it's the whole earth. The, the power and authority in the Old Testament rested in the sword, and the New Testament rests in the grace and forgiveness and the healing presence of the kingdom of God. It's a strong, strong contrast. We're not here to conquer our enemies. Our enemies are, in fact, the promised land. We're called to love them and care for them, to enter in and bring them into the presence of God. That's what we're called to do. We're never called to, to protest the enemy. We're called to love the enemy. The the sort of version of Americanized Christianity that we're sometimes presented bothers me because it's really Old Covenant, Old Israel, Old Testament thinking. This idea that we proclaim our righteousness and protest against the sins of Sodom is not what God's called us to be about. He didn't send us to protest and tell other people how bad they are. He told us to love them with his goodness. He never, and we can never, I I cannot ever think of a, a situation in which we can justify the use of violence against our enemies. That's just not who God is and what he's called us to be. The whole idea, see, I get I get a little bit perplexed at times. This whole idea that America is a Christian nation, I don't even understand that. Nations aren't Christians. People are Christians. 
People are Christians regardless of what nation. You can become a Christian in any nation, anywhere. And, and you can move around. You can go from place to place and take that with you. That's the good news. When I travel to Central America, I go in the name of Jesus. And when someone comes here from somewhere else, they come and they're welcomed with the love of Jesus. We don't want to say, no, don't come in because God says stay out. That's just not it. It's not confined to geography and it's not nationalistic. People are Christians. Okay, last little thing, verse five. If people do not welcome you, leave their town, shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. What does that mean? Um, there's, uh, shake the dust off your feet had two meanings in the kind of first century. One was this, as the people were preparing to enter into the promised land, they would shake the dust off their feet so that they didn't defile the promised land. They didn't bring the dirt from outside in. But the second meaning is really closer to what Jesus is talking about here, and that really does deal with the idea of hospitality. I've said before, I believe hospitality is the most important gift of the spiritual gifts that we can practice in the church today. Just the gift of welcome. And the idea is this. When you enter a person's home, first century, we don't do this now. We have equivalents, but they were on dirt roads and they were barefooted and all that. You get that. And so you provide a bowl and a, and a towel to wash their feet. We saw this a few weeks ago when Jesus went to Simon's house. Simon didn't provide him a place to wash his feet. That would be, that would be the normal thing. When somebody comes to your house, come in, come in, would you like something to drink, sit down, whatever. Same thing. Just that's, that's normal. You, you wouldn't leave them. You, somebody didn't come over and you leave them standing at the door. You don't do that. And so the, just washing their feet was part of that. And if someone didn't wash your feet, if they were disrespectful to you, Jesus says, just shake the dust off and move on. And this, the translation here is, is bad. Sorry. Uh, it's really not a protest against those people. The word that is translated against, that's a, that's, uh, it's not really against. If you look that up in the Greek, I, I did a little study. It's really the word to. That's what it is. It, it's, it's shake the dust off your feet as a testimony to them, not against them. So it has a little different meaning. It's ba basically what he's saying is, you're, you're not saying take that. You're saying okay, fine, I'll just move on down the road. So you're not protesting against that person. And, and I think for us, if we're bold enough to share our faith, to share the, the good news with somebody, to talk to somebody, to minister in some situation, and we're rejected, you don't curse that person. You just say, okay, it's time to move on. I'll go to the next person and share with somebody else. Your job description doesn't change because you get rejected. Theirs didn't, ours didn't. We don't retaliate. We just move on. We just go to the next one. Uh, that's what God has called us to do and to be about. Uh, just keep going. Keep pressing in. Don't allow rejection to, uh, to, to uh, become your identity and walk in that. Walk in who you are as a child of God, knowing that I'll just, I'll just do it again. I'll do it again tomorrow and the day after that and the day after that. Okay, why don't you guys stand? I'm going to have the uh, worship team come back up. I, I want us to take the last few minutes this morning... Uh, if our ministry team would make it to the sides of the room. Um, you know, the, the 
hope is a powerful thing. And the word that Liz had earlier has just been, you know, kind of uh, rolling around in my mind and, and in my heart a little bit. And I, I just think if there's anyone here this morning who is maybe not hopeless, but just hope is waning. You know what I mean? You're kind of wondering, where is this going to go? What's going to happen? How am I going to get past this next thing? Um, I, I just want to pray for you today that God would just revitalize hope in your heart. So as we sing this last song, I just want you to kind of open up your heart and, and listen and hear from the Lord. And if you need an infusion of hope this morning, to go and let somebody pray with you and just uh, let God begin to stir hope in your heart afresh today, okay? Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to sow into what God is doing through Cascade Vineyard, we always welcome your prayers for our church body, our communities, and our leadership. If you'd like to contribute financially, please visit cascadevineyard.org forward slash give.